0: Just to advance things a little bit here, I'll just have you go ahead and turn to our first passage going to Isaiah 26, and I have to thank Pastor Walker, and I, I think I kind of already did, that he preached most of my message for me already, so, but really what I have for you is an addendum to what he has already said, and will add to some of what he's already mentioned, and he talked about approaching current world events from a worldly perspective versus a biblical perspective, what I want to do for you today is to help to add to that biblical worldview, to equip you and give you some specific tools from Scripture that you can use to help combat your fears. So for those who are aware, which is probably many of you, if not most of you, that I had the opportunity to go down to Pensacola Christian College for their enrichment retreat this last week, and so while he was traveling to DC, I was down in Florida and enjoying the seventy-five degree weather. And, uh, so there I was, and so when I got back, and there were different people, even customers at Subway, who were asking me, you know, so uh, how how was your trip down there? It's like, well, the best way to characterize it is the retreat itself was fantastic. It was great. The travel, well, there, there are things I can say about that that maybe I won't say. Uh, not necessarily even related to that thing that's happening in the world, but uh, there, there are other situations, too, and other, there are other aspects of my trip which were a little bit unusual compared to normal. So as I was there, you know, and PCC, of course, is very aware of our world situation and being a campus the size that it is, they have to be very aware of what's going on. And they were constantly updating people as to what was taking place and things that they would do should things go a different direction. And this past Saturday, that thing did happen. And it was announced by the college that they were suspending classroom activities for the remainder of the semester and going to an online format giving people uh, the ability to be able to travel home and do various things just to take care of their personal situations, just offering as much grace as possible to those who are there. And, it, and in lo- there's lots of those things. I mean, we're here today because we've been displaced and we've had circumstances that have happened to us which uh, have put us where we are. And there would be some who would criticize that fact that why why are we being made to to do all of these things? You know, why why should we have to submit to these things? And you know people talk about and, and I agree. The media has just absolutely blasted this out of the solar system as far as how they treat it. And your worldview, be it what it is, that that's what you're going to cling to in times like these. You know, do you have that biblical worldview or do you have that worldly? worldview. So one of the things that I wanted to say regarding the the closure of that school, as well as other schools, as well as other closures that we've had to endure, you know, is this, you know, speaking of Christian institutions, is this an act of faith? Or is this, uh, are we acting out of some kind of of fear that, uh, you know, we're just, you know, we're just scared out of our wits and we have to do this because, you know, that's just what you do in those situations. Well, I'll get into some of that later, but there would be there would be some who would maybe even go to the opposite extreme and say, you know, rather than acting in faith that you're going to act to act in faith in such a way that some might consider your actions to be reckless. You know, that uh, you, like Pastor said earlier, to throw caution to the wind—that's not what we're endorsing. That—that's recklessness. That's not faith. And I'm sure you're you're very familiar with. You know some of the views that are out there that various people have expressed regarding how much they view this as a problem. You know, is this just a, a little problem? Don't worry about it. Is this a huge problem that you know is just so overwhelming and ginormous to, for lack of a better word, because I'm behind the pulset and it's sucking my brain out. But a you know, part of me. But yeah, I think I've kind of found myself somewhere in the middle where yes. I'm cautious. You know, I, I want to do the things that your mama taught you when you were young, wash your hands. You know th- This is common sense, right? You do these things. But then, you, know, you have those who would perhaps go to more extreme measures. And I was going to say, forgive me if I accidentally mention toilet paper, because oh, uh, you know, <laughs> hopefully that was all you'll hear. I'll try to find other ways to say what I'm going to say. But the, the problem is is real, and there's and depending on which side of that spectrum you fall on, you are you know you think that this is a manageable problem, or this is out of control. A disclaimer: This is, God is still in control. So I'll just say that right up front. So then you have people's reactions to all of this. So you have these mandates coming from different governments and different institutions and different businesses and whatnot, and we find ourselves reacting in a certain way. And I was having a conversation with my dad yesterday, he is... Over the years, he's kind of mellowed out a bit, but he seemed almost... He was genuinely upset over the fact that he had such a struggle trying to do basic grocery shopping. Yeah. And his comment to me was, People are just acting out of fear and grief. I, I mean, I've rarely heard my dad vocalize some of these things, and it's, it's the situation is what has allowed him to to be vocal about this. So, a question I would have are these are these fears legitimate? You know, what what of this situation is a legitimate fear? I mean, yes, we don't want to get sick. Yes, we want to be kind to our fellow man and not get them sick too. You know, how, how far do we go? Now where did, where does this take control of us rather than us being able to trust that God is in control? Where do you find yourself on that spectrum in this this range of things that I've mentioned here? So as for myself, you know, I have to be a little bit transparent and I, I brought with me a, a just a little spray bottle of rubbing alcohol today. So, if you want to make fun of me for that later, then here I am. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. Hey, we're in this together. <laughs> you know, I have, as part of my travel, I, I experienced uh, some of what people have been talking about and have observed different behaviors of people. Pastor Walker, I'm sure, is very familiar with this too. Yeah, in fact, uh, I'll just jump straight to this. On my flight, back home to Denver, I was connecting from Charlotte. There were, you know, either on the same row as me or in front of my row on the airplane, there were three people wearing masks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the the thought goes through your mind, well, are they wearing these masks because they're sick and they don't want to get other people sick? Or are they wearing these to try and not get sick? And let me tell you, not one of those people ever exhibited one symptom that I could tell. It just, I was just, I was already kind of beside myself, but you know, it's, it, it just these things. Are we acting out of fear? Are are we panicking over the current situation, or do we have something to ground us to make sure that you know? As I was telling someone from Northside here just a little bit earlier, you know, I, I believe we as Christians of all people should be the most level-headed people through a situation like this. You know, we have reason to be secure. We have reason to have good foundations. You know, we can't be those ones that are emptying supermarkets of all their of all their everything. Pretty much. I mean, my dad says he's never seen King Supers as picked over as it was yesterday. I think he used other words, but <laughs> you, you know what we're talking about. No. <laughs> so, Plenty of candy. You know, bear, so bear with me. here. The verses that I'm going to give you today, and hopefully I can go over them quickly. Again, I want to equip you to be able to not only face fears of our current world troubles, but these are more universal. There are other things going on in the world right now. Did you know that? There's other things going on in the world. and, And there are other things going on in your world, too. Personal situations. I mean, I have sympathy for those that are dealing with the, the real effects of, of what everyone's talking about right now, but you know, that's not all there is right now, but that's why God's Word is so timeless. It, it doesn't have to be coronavirus. You know, it doesn't have to be West Nile or um, a recession or, you know, you go back to the 1930s, the Great Depression. You know, you think about some of those times. This applies to any of those situations. So as an exercise, as I come to each of these verses, I want you to read those verses out loud with me. And let's put this in our brains and in our minds so that we are equipped to be able to deal with whatever circumstance happens to present itself to us. So would you go ahead and join me? You're probably already there, and I'm not. Isaiah 26 I don't have the titles themselves for each point on the screen here, but Isaiah 26 I've titled, A Mind of Trust. And again, I'd like you to read these verses aloud with me. Isaiah 26. And a verse that you're very familiar with, I'm sure, you've heard quoted. I've seen this quoted a lot, even as I've gone through social media. You know, people who are those people that are trying to stay level-headed and connected to God. Isaiah 26, verse number 3. That will keep him in perfect, perfect, perfect peace, peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, thee as he trusteth in, in thee. Trust, Trust in, in the Lord forever, for in the, the, Lord, Lord, forever, for in the, the Lord, Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Thank you for continuing for me. <laughs> I meant to read it with you. So thank you for that. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to have for a short time just to Uh, Make sure that we, as your people, those of us who are here today, who are committed disciples, uh, that we would be the the kind of example that we should be in this world, exhibiting a life which shows that we trust in you and that we don't need uh, any help from man, Lord. Although there has been some of that help concerning our current situation, Lord, ultimately, without you, we're hopeless in all of this. And, uh, Lord, I pray that even after this this all passes, we would remember these things. We would be better because of it. And uh, that we would be stronger students of your word. Help us now, and help me, Lord, as I just guide your people through some verses that will help them. In Jesus' name, amen. So, quick context here. Isaiah 26. We're looking at prophecies concerning Israel's future. And you look throughout the rest of the chapter, and you see that uh, God is a faithful God who keeps his promises and will do justice to those that deserve justice. So just a quick mention of that. Uh, bringing your attention to verse number three here, we see what I believe are three equal phrases. In fact, if you want to remove the punctuation and put equal signs there, I, I think that would be okay in understanding this. To equate these things together, perfect peace, a mind stayed on God, and trust in the Lord. All of those things are talking about the same thing ultimately. Because all of them go together in this this verse here. To have that perfect peace is because you have that mind that is trusting in God. That is where that peace comes from. And the encouragement comes in verse 4. You notice there that it says trust ye in the Lord forever, not just 2020, you know, not just the month of March. We need to trust in the Lord for as long as we live. My question to you today is where is your focus? You know, it, it's hard for me to think about other things sometimes just because this has been blasted out so much. It's hard not to think about it. and. You always have a news broadcast somewhere that's playing or going through Facebook. You just cannot avoid it. So it's hard to keep your mind in a place which allows you to to get away from some of these things that burden us and carry us down. My encouragement through this verse is we need to have our minds focused in the right place. The, the best defense against a lot of these things is having that, that mind that is connected to God, that is able to filter through these things, and that is able to, to build that fortress. And I'm going to get into another verse here later where we talk about protecting your mind. But that is, to, to be connected to God and to be thinking about God, to be consciously focused on thinking about God, that's where we need to be. So just ask yourself where where is your mind right now? What what are you thinking about? What are you focused on? Now I encourage you to put that focus on God himself. And again, th- this is not uh, putting our heads in the sand as were. You know, we are to be aware of what's happening around us. You know, as you're going through this chapter here, there's there's troubles that the Lord says he's going to deal with, with Israel. They were going to be experiencing some trouble. But you see from that, that they put their trust in God. Now, to be aware of trouble is not to dwell on it. And, and I think that's what the media has done. is They have dwelt on it, and, and I was telling someone else earlier, you, the only times that you... Rarely find any kind of peace in a news broadcast is when you're watching the weather reports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, at least then they, they can talk about something else. You know, let's talk about the weather. Hey, <laughs> it's sunny outside. You know, we need we need somewhere else to put our minds other than thinking about dwelling on the troubles. We need to keep our mind meditating on God Himself and on His Word. I'll have you turn to our next passage now, Psalm 46. Now, I never personally met Jim Shetler, but he was a great influence for me in making my decision to go to Pensacola. And there's a message that I heard from him on Psalm 46. And in that message, he alluded to a a practice, uh, which is, I guess, a manner of indexing your Bible. That is, you, you have certain topics that you deal with. And you have certain verses that go along with them, and indexing your Bible that way. And he said, when you have the topic of trouble, mm-hmm. you go to Psalm 46. Those were his words. I'm going to have you look at verses 10 and 11. and These are verses that I'm sure all of you are familiar with. I'm, I'm not preaching to the choir. Well, I am preaching to the choir. <laughs> I'm, I'm. <laughs> Verse number 10, the, These are things that we're familiar with. I don't need to remind you about these things. But, you know, as Peter said, it's it's good for me to put you in remembrance of some of these things. Let's look at Psalm 46, verse 10. He says, be still. Yeah, you you can read along with me. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The, the Lord, Lord of hosts is with, with us. us. The, the God, God of Jacob, Jacob is, is our refuge. See on. Think on this. So let's think about this for a couple minutes here. Again, this is a psalm which talks about trouble. You read the first three verses, you find out there's a lot of trouble. You know, When the very world is crumbling beneath you, it is kind of a metaphor there. God is that refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. And if you want to remember another verse, that's a good one to know concerning these things. Notice also verse number five. Where where does it say God is? God is in the midst. Mm -hmm. So as if he's standing right here in the center of this room right now, God is in our midst. We've gathered here today, even though it's not in Broomfield, God is still here with us right now, even as we meet. You know, God is aware of what's going on, and God is with us. Isn't that a comfort, to know that God is here? So the encouragement verse number 10, be still and know, know that I am God. You know, again, talking about focusing your mind in the right place. You know, what is something that you can think about? Know who God is. And, and know that God, He is, He's still God, He's still on the throne. Think about everything about God that you know. And if there's anything you don't know about Him, then scour this book and find some more things that you can know about God. You know, you want to get your mind off of current events. Think about God. God is that one who is all-powerful. He he has control over the situation. He is all-present. He is everywhere. He is all-knowing. He knows, again, what's going on. He knows what's going on in your personal lives. He knows what fears you might have in your heart. What Troubles you might be going through, and if I had to admit anything, is that you know, amidst these current events, some fears in me have been exposed, and God has made that clear to me. That's part of why I'm bringing this to you today, is because guess what, Brother Mike isn't always perfect in terms of, of trusting him and not, and not having unwarranted fears. Have you ever seen those, uh, they have those, um, I don't know, maybe, they, I've seen it on T-shirts, but I've also seen those, you know, they call them memes online. That's, that's kind of a 20, 21st century word, right? A meme, you know, we're talking about. Yeah. You know, keep calm, have you seen that? Keep calm and, and then they add a phrase. You know, keep calm and, I don't know, eat cheese. Like a, something like that. Keep calm and, your hands. yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 can I give you one today? Keep calm and trust God. Amen. Psalm 46. Now look, look, Psalm 46 is an example of the power that God has over your trouble. There's no reason to fear these circumstances. God has the power over these things. So my question in this is, what are you trying to do? The reason I say it that way, I I talk about this being a battle of the mind, and that's kind of what the idea of being still is, uh, of being calm. But you know, why do I say what are you trying to do? You see people doing a lot of things right now. And that comes from their whole mindset. Are they are they calm? Are they are they collected? Or are they in a state of panic and concern and fear and worry? And that will lead out into actions. And that's why you see some of the things that you do in our society right now. You know, what are you trying to do? Or are you just being still? Are you are you just not trying to do anything? I mean, and it doesn't mean don't take precautions, it doesn't mean just you know sit in your chair and don't leave and don't ever do anything. It, it, it's that idea of uh, that inner, that inner peace, be still. That's what God is asking here. You know, think about Hezekiah when he was confronted with Sennacherib's army. You know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of, of people around him, encamped against him, waiting to destroy. Um, you know, they'd already conquered Israel, the, the northern kingdoms. And then he was coming after Hezekiah. You know what Hezekiah did? Do you remember that? From that account where Hezekiah, you know, he he heard the announcement from his uh, spokesman. And he, he literally just laid it all out before the Lord. And he was still. And guess what happened? God fought for him. God was the one who did what some of Psalm 46 says here. He maketh wars to cease, and so that army facing him was destroyed. So I would say here, you know, while we do need to be cautious, we, we could. There's a lot of things that we can learn. And I was telling someone else yesterday at work, you know, if this is what it takes to get people to practice good hygiene, then I, I am for that. If <laughs> people need to learn that. It's sad that it comes to this. You know, So do what you can, but leave the rest to God. You, you don't need to be going out there and hoarding like some of these people are doing. And I even heard you know, it, the news is a strange thing sometimes, you know, because they're kind of flipping their narrative sometimes, depending on when you're listening. They said, no, please don't be hoarding things, and these are things that you shouldn't be taking. These are the things that you really need. Hell, what do you believe from, from them anymore anyway, so leave the rest to God. I'm just going to leave it at that and encourage you from Psalm 46. A safety and stillness was my title for that one if you want to get a safety and stillness. Number three, we actually had our scripture reading in Isaiah 41. I'll invite you to turn back that direction. Isaiah 41. We've already read the chapter, but I'd like us to look again at verse number 10. This is a God who helps. We have a mind of trust, a safety and stillness, and a God who helps. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Let's read it out loud. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of righteousness. God in this chapter, in fact, verse 10, I almost see it as kind of a microcosm of the chapter itself, where you have God talking about who he is and his relationship to the nation of Israel, and then what he'll do based on that relationship. You know, that's true for us, too. Those of us who know the Lord, we've already covered it to some extent here. God will fight your battles for you. You notice in verse number 10 here, there's two I Am statements. You know, this, is, this is who he is, and his examining his relationship with us, you know, in, in the context here with Israel. But then also has three I will statements. God is going to act on that relationship. I will strengthen. I will help. And I will uphold. You know, if you wanted to alliterate it, to strength, to succor, and to stabilize. So there's your three S's there. And then the first two verses, that I, the first two parts of that is presence and his power. So we'll get that out of the way. So in terms of God fighting your battles, think about what what is the enemy that you're fighting right now? And again, I mentioned this is a lot bigger than just our current circumstances. We have our own personal battles that we're trying to face right now. I don't know where else I would go with that other than just to say what I just said. What, what is that enemy that you're facing? What army has surrounded you to the point of causing you to fear? You know, what circumstance of life are you in? What are you facing? Where do you need God to step in and do something? You know That's the rest of Isaiah 41 there. He, said, he says multiple times throughout the rest of that chapter, we read it this morning, I will do this. I will do these things for you. Trust that God will do these things for you. Rest on the promises of God's word. This is a good reminder for us. When God says, I am with thee, God is there with us fighting those battles. Paul might have been all alone standing before Nero, but you know what? He said, God is with me. God is with you as well. So remember, you're fighting together with God and be encouraged with that. Going to the New Testament now. John chapter 14. Again, some familiar words. John chapter 14, verse number 27. This is a peace from Christ. And looking at this chapter, Jesus has just told his disciples he's going away. They have had his physical presence and been blessed with that for the three or so years previous to this. And now he's going away. There's going to be no more of that physical presence, but he's already given them that promise, that same promise that applies to us, that comforter that he sent into the world. We may not have his physical presence, but we have his spiritual presence. We see in verse 27 there, read it with me. Peace, Peace I leave you. you. My peace, I leave you unto you. you. Not not as as the the world world giveth, giveth, give I unto unto you. you. Let not your your heart heart be troubled, troubled, neither let it be afraid. afraid one thing to say about this piece is that he's making a distinction from godly peace versus worldly peace what is the peace that you are receiving you know we have people talk about world peace you know we have people who are maybe thinking thoughts along those lines concerning our current situation can the government bring us some kind of a peace and rest from this? You know, what can they do to help me? But really, what kind of peace can they offer? Ultimately, you know, if someone who's not looking to God, that's you know, the government's probably the highest hope that they have to do anything. You know, and you can take things into your own hands, too. And a lot of people have done that. I might be getting ahead of myself by saying this, but you know, Philippians 4 talks about that peace that passes understanding. You can't explain it. And, and if I could, then God's word wouldn't be true. That that is that kind of peace that we need to rely on. What some a question you might have. We, uh, we talked about Jesus telling his disciples that he's no longer going to have his physical presence there with them. There might be people in our current situation, asking that question, where is God? Where is God in all of us? What is he doing about this situation? You know, there's a lot of things I could never claim to understand about why God does what he does. But I I only trust that God knows what he's doing ultimately. And it's none of my business, really. I just need to to rest in what he, he has told me from his word, apply that to my life, and then make sure that I am, I, I am facing this world the best way I know how, given what I know about what God just said. But God is there. That's that's part of the answer. God God is with you if you know Him as your Savior. You know what trouble is stealing your peace? Now, is there something right now, related or not, which is which is causing you to fear? believe what god's promises have said and don't trust in you know man's failures you know the, god because man will fail you and I, and I think we've seen that based on what we see and one more thing just a verse a couple of verses that I'll take you to I already mentioned it Philippians chapter 4 and i had the privilege of preaching through this Philippians chapter 4 starting in verse number six. Philippians 4, verse number 6. Be careful for nothing, but in but everything, everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. let your requests request be known unto, unto God, God, and the and God of God, God, which passes all understanding, understanding shall keep your, your hearts and minds through Christ like Jesus. Jesus. Your pastor already sang that song, and that shows us exactly what we need to do. This is where we find that inner peace, is being able to communicate with God and talk to the one who is in control. That's where we need to be focused. This is what I've labeled here as an outlet for worry. These are Paul's final encouragements here in the book of Philippians. And if I had to come up with a clever way to say this, maybe say, worry not and pray a lot. (laughs) So there you go, there's a short little outline for that. So prayer, we're talking about basic communication. You know, just just talk to God. You know, I I sang that song last week, you know, just my quiet time alone with God. Supplication, you know, talking about God meeting your needs. Well, what needs are you fearful of, you know, other than going to the supermarket and not finding things? You know, there are some things where that's a concern for people, and I understand that. God can provide those needs, and he's, I have, people have done some clever things that I've heard of, uh, but needless to say, God is able to meet your needs. We just need to ask him. Supplication. We see the results of that prayer is that peace in verse number seven. The peace of God which passes the whole understanding. You know, have, have you noticed that when you when you get to that quiet time and you're sincerely praying to God, that you just feel better. I just don't know how else to say it. You you, you just feel better about your situations. You, know, you still may not understand it all, but there's just something there. And again, I, I'm showing that the word of God is true by not being able to describe this. But uh, you see also in the last part of verse number 7 there, you know, talking about the, the level-headed Christian, th- this is all a pattern here. You pray, you get the peace, and then God builds that fortress around your mind. You know, no, I've gone to God. I've prayed to him. I've asked him. I know what his word says. I know his promises. You know, I don't need to listen to what everyone else is saying about this. I'm going to trust in what God says. I'm going to trust in the fact that I can go to a God who can do something about my problems. And that is going to protect me and keep me from... Just absolutely going crazy. And that's part of what we see in our world today. You know, Matthew 6.34, Take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought from the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And, and believe me, in our present day, we see some of that evil. And, and you know what, there's there's more that's going to happen tomorrow, but let's let's not be concerned with that. You know, God is God is winding the clock, as it were, in a sense. You know, God is God is God knows what He's doing in in managing the affairs of of our days, months, and years. Now we have a testimony that we as Christians need to keep. We need to be the ones that are showing that it's going to be okay, and we can use this as an opportunity to show other people that same peace, that same tranquility, that same serenity. That comes only from trusting in the Lord. People are watching us. They're they're watching how we as Christians react to this. We ought not to be that person with three cartfuls of something in their cart because we're afraid we're going to run out in the next 30 days or whatever. Let's show the world that we trust that God can provide for us and that we trust that he can take care of our health and that we, we trust that Whatever arises from the situation, any hardships or inconveniences, God can take care of that. We don't have to worry about that. Are we trusting in man's health, or are we trusting in an all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God that can manage these affairs much better than any man in, in any position of government could do for us, or we ourselves, for that matter, you know? How dare we take control out of God's hands and and try to place that upon ourselves? Let's trust in our God who can do all things well.